the Sunoku Book Club, where we finally get around to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for forever. I'm Emily Miner. And I'm Weave Nelson. And today, I'm actually going to talk about a book. <laughs> Crazy. So, I just want to say, it's been quite a time mm-hmm. to be alive. Um, And I believe that the last book I talked about was uh ad the katrina mm-hmm. yeah. um graphic novel which was months and months ago um and this book i'm about to talk about is the only other book i have read during quarantine <laughs> so it was a really good book though yeah. <laughs> so today i'm going to be talking about their eyes were watching god it's by zora neale hurston um, and it was published in 1937, so this has been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to remember when I would have picked up this book. It doesn't have any of the typical, like, marks that I look for mm-hmm. on a on a used book of mine. Like, it's not from Half Price Books. It doesn't have a pe- in-pencil written in used book cost in the inner pages anywhere. So, I'm really not sure, but I know that it has been at least four years and potentially as much as seven years ago. Okay. Sometime during college or grad school. So, um, what I do remember is that when I did pick it up, whenever that was, I really only grabbed it because I recognized the title. I recognized the book as an important book, and Mm -hmm. I'm using quotes right now. I mean, it is an important book, don't get me wrong, but for a while, I don't know if I've talked about this here, but a lot of the used books that I've picked up over the years, I grabbed because I'd heard of them, and I knew they were important. Yeah. you got to establish that English master's cred. Right. But actually, though, um, and I believe last on the last episode, mm-hmm. we talked about Angela's Ashes. Same reason I picked up that book. I still haven't read that either. Yeah. But um, I'm really, really glad that I kept it, because we have purged... Over, like, the past couple of moves, we've purged a fair amount of books between the two of us. And this has survived those. And I'm really glad it did because I absolutely adored this book, Um, which we will get to in a second. Um, Oh, I think the other reason probably why I picked this book up is because the cover of this particular publication, I just find absolutely gorgeous Hmm. um it is an illustration of the main character who and she is lying in a field with um some green plants growing over her and it's all purple and green and just Hmm. very like dreamy (laughs) and it fits a particular moment in the book that is just really beautiful um so, yeah, this is the only book, only other book I've read during quarantine. Um, I'm kind of going to give a brief summary. Um, I don't want to go into, like, all the details of the book because I would really, really recommend that people read it. But essentially, the book follows this main character, Janie Crawford. So, the book is set in the early 20th century, 
And essentially, it follows Janie throughout her life trying to find fulfillment in her life. She is a young um, black woman. Actually, I believe that she is probably, I believe that the book talks about her being lighter skinned. She is mixed because her mom was the product of rape between her grandma and a white man. Um, and basically just her, like, trying to find fulfillment and happiness in her life. And she has gotten this idea from a young age from her grandmother, who basically, like, marries her off when she's very young to this older farmer. She's gotten this idea from her grandma that, you know, you just need to, like, take what you've got in life and, like, don't ask for more, essentially. Like, take take what's given to you and don't be ungrateful. And she has this dream of, like, just being so, like, happy, being in love, like, wanting to be with someone and have this life that makes her feel like herself. Mm-hmm. And she, throughout the book, is in three marriages. The first two, very unhappy marriages. And the third, I wouldn't say is perfect, but she does find the love that she's looking for, and it ends rather tragically, um, and that's pretty much where the book ends for the most part. But yeah, like that's pretty much it. Um, it's set in Florida, um, both in sort of like the middle of the state, um, and then in her third marriage, they're in the Everglades. Hmm. Um, picking beans. That's what, that's kind of the work they found down there. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to like give a whole lot else away. Like I know that the book is like 90 years old. Mm -hmm. Not quite. 80. 80 some. (laughs) 80 some years old. But I don't really want to give away that many other spoilers because I really, really would recommend that people read this book. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I will say that a lot of the book is set in Eatonville, Florida, and that is actually where Zora Neale Hurston grew up. And apparently a lot of her um, writing was set in that area. Mm -hmm. And it does name the town. Um... Eatonville was one of the very first all-black um, municipalities in okay. the United States. Um, and the book actually talks about... I'm not sure if it's a fictionalized version. I mean, I assume it's fictionalized in some way, but I don't know how how, how much... Right, exactly. Um, but it does talk about how the town kind of came to be, um, how it was built up. Um because it was kind of, in the book, built up by Janie's second husband. Oh, okay. Um, who's a very, like, wealthy and kind of respected man, but does not respect her. Um, there's also a foreword. There's a foreword in and afterward in this publication of the book. It's the 1999 Perennial Classics copy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the foreword is by Mary Helen Washington, and she essentially writes about the impact that this book had on people and on the academic community um, after Hurston passed, because okay. the book was actually um, criti- heavily criticized when it first came out. And just not particularly popular. And then later, after she had died, um, or maybe close to her death, it became much more popular. um, And, like, an important book, if you will. Um, And she actually talks about how her memory is that the book was kind of this hotly contested discussion topic at a convention um for english people like Mm -hmm. people who studied literature um and i find that funny because i we still have friends that are in have gone on to do their phds or whatever and it's it's funny it's not always funny, but sometimes it's interesting to hear about the drama that occurs at some of these conventions, yeah. right? And it totally reminded me of that. And essentially, the big argument that came out of this book t- or of this discussion, right? This one guy who I'm sure has a name, and I'm sorry. This this so one man who is a professor says Janie never really seems to actualize herself she never seems to find her voice Mm -hmm. by the end of the book and she is kind of in i would say like at least in her 50s by the end of the book um and alice walker who's the author of the color purple Mm. stands up and is like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) Um, just because a woman has a voice doesn't mean that she's always going to talk when a man thinks that she should. And women have learned when their voice is best used. And Mary Washington, or sorry, uh, Mary Helen Washington kind of comments on that and talks about how at the end of the book, Janie herself makes this comment about, you can't just hear about something to know it, right? You have to, like, experience your life. And I read the foreword before reading the book, and not much of it. I didn't remember much of it because I didn't know entirely what she was referring to about the book while I was reading the foreword. But I went and reread it afterwards, and I was like, this makes total sense because that was, that's my favorite thing about Janie the character is that she like not all of her life is great and she is largely frustrated through a lot of it but she like you really feel like you're i don't know this this probably sounds cliche but like you really feel like you're there with her and she really experiences her life like um she goes through a lot and she makes a lot of decisions for herself and she knows when to leave and she knows when to wait and I just found her to be like an amazing person um so yeah I don't know I don't really have like 
an argument for whether or not she achieves her <laughs> voice, right? But I think that the character is certainly like well, like uh, well written, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Well, I might be misunderstanding it because I didn't read this forward. I don't know what the conversation was about, but it sounds like this professor. Again, I might not know this. Uh, was complaining or critiquing the book in terms of like Janie presumably like doing something or getting in like the crassest terms like just a monologue to talk about the things the book has been about or I don't know what so so essentially at the end of the book and I won't say how or why but she ends up um in court and she's put on the stand and we don't get to hear when she's at, mm. in court her side of the story. Gotcha. But the thing is, is that, okay, I'm not saying that's not a fair argument in any way, but, like, we've seen her story. Maybe that courtroom audience, we don't get to hear what she says to them. But we know. But we know her side of the story. Like, we know what happened, and we already know how amazing of a person she is. And the, I will give this spoiler alert. She's acquitted. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think he kind of expected this monologue from her. And it it's not there. Yeah. And that, that is true. Like, she doesn't really talk in that moment. But to me, like, it's just not necessary. Um, so... But yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it except to say that I loved the book and it was the first book that I've read in a long time that I looked forward to reading. Hmm. Um, Like beforehand or like in between? In between readings because it still took me a while to get through but it's faster than my typical lately. <laughs> um, and when, and especially near the end, I think the second half of the book f- kind of flew for me in comparison to how most reading has happened lately. I just, I didn't want to put it down. Mm-hmm. And I did sometimes, but like, that's the first time in a long time that I've felt that where I'm like, okay, but I know it's late, but I want to finish this tonight. <laughs> You know, Um, and that was just like such a really nice feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's really all I had. Do you have any questions? So, yeah. So, like, I also have not read this book. I also have not read many important books. (laughs) Um, When I do, it's usually for a class of some sort. Um, And sometimes not even then, (laughs) as I've mentioned before. I'm sorry, I still haven't read Frankenstein. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the worst. Um, but, so yeah, I guess my question is, from what you said, like, your favorite thing was the main character. Is it, like, like is it first person? Like, is she telling her story? Or is it, like, very close third? Or, like, what's going on? No, it's third. Okay. Um, let me just double check that. But I'm, I'm fairly positive. Because my question is, because, like, I'm thinking of... The great books I've read. And one of them being, like, the big character book that I can think of is Catcher in the Rye. Where, like, you're in Golden Caulfield's head and you know how everyone's a phony and every like, no, all these no. things No, no. It's not on. like that at all. You don't get, like, 
her interiority in that way. It is third person, but it's close. Like, it's central on her. Hmm. And it will describe, like, what she's doing, what she's thinking and feeling. Right? Even if it's not, I thought this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also, I think... It's also helped by some contrast between how the book treats her and then a lot of the sort of revolving male characters in the book. And Mary Washington comments on this in the foreword as well. And I definitely found it to be true that you see her grow, Hmm. whereas a lot of the other characters in what they do, in how the book portrays them in what in the what the things that they say they are there as like static characters okay. they don't necessarily i mean not that they're lifeless in any way mm-hmm. because they're not but they we don't see them grow and change and think in the way that she does mm. and even in the way that a friend of her, a close, like, female friend of hers does. We don't, it's not the same, but, like, we get more introspection on what they're thinking and feeling than we do from any of the male characters, even from her third husband, who she loves really dearly. Um, And it's not that he doesn't grow, but it's her story. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yep. Well, like, um, I, I don't think we have to talk about, about anything else, but is there anything else you really liked besides just Janie and her story? Or, I mean, uh, if that's the book, that's it, but like... That's kind of it. Uh, okay, so I saw a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, really, it's been a while since I finished the book, but I saw the tweet really quickly after I finished okay. the book. And I thought it was such funny timing that I just finished it and this guy, and I'll find the tweet somehow. I'll find yeah. it and we'll retweet it. Um, and he was talking about Their Eyes Were Watching God and about how, like, man, this book had, like, everything, right? Because, like, it it hits on so many themes, but then there's also this really fascinating... I mean, it's not like it is so, like, self-aware of itself in the book, but it talks about global warming Mm -hmm. because, um, hold on. Okay. At the end of the book, when she is with her third husband, Tea Cake, and they are living and working in the Everglades, um, Florida is hit by the 1928 Okeechobee hurricane, which I didn't realize until very recently that it's act- it was actually based on like a specific hurricane mm. in history. Um, but the book just talks about it like this big storm coming. And it's the same way that we hear it talked about now. And actually, I thought it was kind of interesting that I read this whole book was not about this storm, but I kind of read two storm narratives, two hurricane narratives right after each other. Um, But it's the same thing 
that we hear about with a lot of big hurricanes is the decision of whether or not people stay or go. Mm. And they stayed. And in many ways, that proved tragic for the couple, Janie and Tea Cake. Um, but that tweet, even though it just commented on, oh, it talks about global warming, I was like, oh my gosh, it totally does. Because when you think about the way that natural disasters like hurricanes affect black and brown communities so much more Mm -hmm. than it does white communities. Yeah. Um, And in the Everglades, it's like a bunch of people of color picking beans. This is like the sort of community that they're living in at the Mm -hmm. time. And like some people leave and some people are like, nope, like, I don't, I'm not able to, or it's too late, or whatever. Like, that's just, like, the narrative, like, repeated over and over, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't really have anything else to say about that, but I hadn't thought of that while reading the book specifically. And when I saw that tweet, I was like, yeah, no, it totally does, because we think of global warming as something that's very recent, but, like, it has been affecting these communities for over a hundred years. Um, am I wrong in that? I don't know. Yeah. Nope. Um, so yeah, it's those I think are the hardest chapters to read. At least they were for me, the chapter, like the couple chapters about the storm, mm-hmm. just because it's so like, it feels overwhelming to read um because it, it does kind of keep you in the dark a bit and even mm-hmm. though it's in third person it's not like little did they know what was right. about to happen you f- even though it's in third person you feel like you're there with him and you're not entirely expecting how bad this is going to be either and then it's very bad gotcha so um anyway not to leave on like a low note no, i mean sounds like a good book <laughs> it really is it really is it like draws you in um, and it's one of the first books in a long time that I've been motivated to finish without a deadline or, you know, feeling like I need to get, we need to get some content out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it was really good. Highly good. recommend. Honestly, I'm just glad you liked a book. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Me too. Um, pretty, pretty nice. Pretty nice. Hey. <laughs> Anyway, do you have any idea what we're gonna what you're gonna be reading for next time? Uh yes, I will be reading a video game again. It is FTL Faster Than Light. It's a roguelike. Um where you're outrunning the rebellion. And yeah. We'll cool. See. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we always like to say thank you to Velt Punch for letting us use their song Fighting Pose from the album His Strange Fighting Pose. Um, please check us out on Twitter at SundokuPod and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Um, even if it's just to say, you suck. That's fine. <laughs> you can tell us we suck. Yeah. Anyway, uh, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.